I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome back to Red Side of the Trent. We all hope you had a great festive Christmas, but the Premier League is back with a bang as Man United ran out 3-0 winners over Forest last night. But before that, we did get through to the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup for the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, since 1996. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe 94. It was a long pissing time ago, right? But we <laughs> annihilated Blackburn 4 1. We beat their reserves 4 1, and we've got Wolves in the next round. As ever, I'm joined by Christian Brown, Reese Lane, and Lee Clark. Gents, are we all well? Have you all had a good Christmas? Apart from last night, okay? Yeah, not bad. Thank you, bud. Good stuff. Right. Reese, we went to the Blackburn game. We're going to start off with that. 4-1 victory, convincing. What did you make of it overall before we get into the Man United game? Because no one wants to talk about Blackburn, let's face it. A job done for me, simple as that, because Blackburn put out a reserved team. It was a, They made 11 changes and Forrest was strong. If Forrest couldn't have beat them, to be honest, then you know, there's going to be a few questions asked. And we made it difficult for us in the first half because we should have been out of sight at half-time. Um, we concede a cheap goal, as we'll come on to with the Manu game as well. And then second half, get a bit lucky with the second goal. But once that went in, we was pretty pretty dominant and it was, um, yeah, pretty comfortable in the end. Yeah. Lee, I just want to ask you what you make of the next uh, round draw. Obviously, Wolves at home is a, a favourable draw in, in, some, in some eyes. Um, good chance to get into the semi-final of a cup competition. Yeah, I don't I don't quite buy the whole um second best draw we could have got. I think Southampton at home would have been um with the form there and I think that would have been slightly better than Wolves with the new manager and um that win against Everton could give them a massive bounce since they scored in like the ninety fifth minute. So um but yeah, I, I did say anyone at home to be fair. Um but certainly Charlton was obviously the one everyone wanted at home. Um Shock Horror Man United got them. Um I'm not going there. It's a Forest podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is a favourable draw. And I think um, 
I think the city ground will be packed out for that one and, and hopefully we can get through to a... It's just a shame that you look at the other ties and it's probably going to be United City and Newcastle. Now, you look at current form and whoever we play in the away leg, we're probably going to get absolutely smacked, aren't we? So it, it's probably going to be a thankless task, even who we, regardless of if we get through and who we play. But it would be nice to see us in a, a two-leg semi-final, certainly for the first time in my lifetime going home and away watching for us. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a good one. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna move swiftly on because it, the, the the Blackburn game people people haven't come for that. They've come for this Man United and the venting of Christian Brown. I think. Um, we're gonna start off with the obviously the team news of uh, no Morgan Gibbs why he went off injured in the the trip that you made to Valencia, Christian, and Cooper come out actually after the game and said it's a bit inconclusive of of his injury. Uh, how long he's gonna be out? Uh, how did he affect not? being in that squad last night and, and and actually having an impact on the game and result? I think um, we're probably going to notice, I think that quite a few fans especially will notice just how important Gibbs White is to Forrest when he's not in the team because he does, it's the way he like joins play up, it's the way he makes things happen, the way he carries the ball forward, the way he's always looking for that next sort of like, you know, to try and pick the lock in some capacity. So yeah, obviously losing him is a big blow and hopefully he can be back sooner rather than later because he's very important. But, you know, obviously we go by the whole match of next man up and that, in theory, would have been, should give Jesse Lingard more of a chance to sort of take star position because, you know, I do have maintained that I don't think Gibbs White and Lingard in the same team necessarily gives you the best balance. I think it should be one or the other, but um, especially at home. But, you know, now we can see whether that's going to case or not because, yeah, obviously losing Gibbs White is a huge blow and, yeah, obviously hopefully he can get back very, very quickly. Yeah. Reese, the start to the Man United game, I thought was was all right. I thought United let us have the ball, but then the calamity of a, a corner routine where pe- people are waxing lyrical of the best corner routine the Premier League has seen by the looks of it. If you want to look at social media, I mean, I mean, Sport Bible put that, and I'm thinking, uh, what a load of well, bollocks. <laughs> um, I mean, they're but, part of football Twitter mob, aren't they, Sports Bible? But I mean, it is, it's schoolboy error defending, really. I mean, for, I know you said you couldn't see it in the ground, and I've told you, Mangala for me. I mean, there's no effort to even run run with Rashford off the ball, and it's an easy tap in, in, in my eyes, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, from United's perspective, they'll say, yeah, it's a great corner routine because it's worked for them, but from us, it's, it's, it's same old, isn't it? just letting a man go. And we did it to Blackburn on Wednesday night. And you can't let players of Marcus Rashford's quality have a free run. And it's literally been passed along the floor to pretty much the edge of the box, maybe a bit inside it. And he's just swept it in. It's, it's too easy. And then, you know, as we've seen this season, Forrest had this tendency to absolutely collapse. And within two minutes, we're 2 0 down. And really, you know, it's a long way back then. It's a long way. Once you're 2-0 down away at teams like Man United, it's, you're just struggling to get back in the game. And they kept us pretty much half or to arm's length until the last, what was it, 10, 5, 10 minutes when we've made another mistake and, and the punishers and fucking Fred scored. So, yeah, it's just away from home. We just, you know, his own. it always seems to be his own downfall. And we can't just... It's been the story of our season away from him. I mean, how many times now have we conceded and then literally conceded straight away? Uh, um, Leicester. 
Yeah, the, yeah, yeah Cal- 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 well. Cal- Cal- well. Cal- put out four, four times that's happened this season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you, you can't you just if that's going to keep happening, then you know it's going to be well a long season in tech. But um, I think the games were Leicester City, Arsenal, mm-hmm. and yesterday United, but or Fulham yeah, as well, so, wasn't it? Seven minutes yeah. that were. Christ, yeah, um, and you know, and the, yeah, it's just. You can't keep happening. And the only positive I can take from that is I thought once they got out second, I thought it was going to go under again and it was going to be another 5-6-0. And that's the only little positive I take is that we did, didn't did go under and we actually did score. Obviously, VAR got involved in that, which was a shame. But um, no, it's just same old away from home. We, we, we lack belief away from home. It's as if like when we've got hold of the football it's kind of like, oh, we've actually had a bit of sustained possession here. So, but when are the we kind of end up thinking in his minds, when are the other team going to get it back? And it's mm. like we can't be too positive because we're going to get caught if we are on the counter. Um, we've just got, yeah, we've just got to believe in ourselves a bit more, and we can't keep conceding the goals we're conceding. But you know, it clearly hasn't got yeah. through, has it? Because we are conceding them goals. Yeah. Lee, I just want to go through the second goal because me and Christian have a different opinion of this and I wanted someone that, that didn't... I don't think you merely made a comment about it, but man of the match, Casemiro made a terrific tackle and a one who I thought... We'll get into later about player performances, but I thought he, was, he wasn't he was so bad. But the Man United break very, very quickly. Obviously, Aurier's caught out of position because he's gone to try and help the attack. Uh, and Rashford's got in and, and the ball across to Martial, I don't think is a very good pass. And I think if it's Scott McKenna or, or Steve Cook, they put the body on the line and they defend that that strike. But then Martial's strike at goal. I mean, Hennessy had time to pick the ball up, I think. What, what the fuck was that? Well, I mean, <laughs> obviously on a completely different level, I used to play in goal, so you'll typically find me defending the keeper. But, <laughs> I mean... I said, try. <laughs> I said all night, hit it and get it zipping across that turf because similarly with corners, get it under the keeper. If the keeper has to come and catch five, I guarantee in that weather a keeper will not come and catch five. He might punch. He might try and punch five, but he won't want to be catching five, especially the first half. He was absolutely belting it down. Um, the goal was absolutely horrendous goalkeeping. I don't care what anyone says. Um it's awful. From a professional keeper, it's awful. I think if Dean Henderson does that, we're, we're demanding that he's he's no better than Samba, he's no better than Jordan Smith, and we send him back to Man United on the first train this morning. Um, it, it's awful. Um, NFC will, if NFC had been interviewed after that game, he will say that was his fault. He'll put his hands up. A professional keeper will put his hands up. The conditions, it gives him a little, it cuts him a little bit of flack, but not a lot. It wasn't a particularly great shot, I didn't think. It's a, he's hit it side-footed with power. Um, it, it's just poor. A professional goalkeeper should be keeping that out, and especially one as big as NSD, especially one as experienced and someone who we know can save shots. We've seen him play for Wales. He he, he saves those sorts. So he will have been disappointed with that. I'm no, I've got no doubt. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get onto a couple of opportunities that we actually did have, Christian. Yates probably had our two best opportunities. One with a 30, 25-yard rasper testing De Gea and hit him in the body. But then... um. Obviously, the disallowed goal come. I mean, that is. I mean, we've 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 said this before. I mean, if Yates heads the ball properly, it's a goal. But the the look that it just comes off Willie Bolly and he's in a slightly offside position is really against the rub of the green. But 
head the ball properly, we score, don't we? Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, it raised a few other queries about VAR, for example. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe Lee can help me here. I don't know why they spent three minutes looking at a handball as opposed to looking at the more clear, obvious decision first. But it sort of seemed like, you know, oh, shit, United has conceded. Panic, find something wrong with it. And then um, they obviously they realised, oh, actually, hang on, he's half a foot offside. But um, yeah, you're right. All that's avoided if Yates heads the ball cleanly. And, you know, our set pieces last night on the whole were not good. Like, you know, Lottie's corners especially were not good. Um, but that ball from Lottie was absolutely sensational. It was probably the best ball anyone delivered all night from either side. It was perfect, absolutely perfect delivery. And, you know, it's 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 just this is what it frustrates people with Yates. Like, Yates is probably our best player last night. I, yeah. mean, I don't take this as a criticism. He, he easily was our best player last night. You know, he gave Ericsson a run around for most of the second half. But that's a simple header. That is a simple header that, you know, you'd expect a child to get right. It's at a perfect height. All he has to do is literally just lean forward and it's in. And somehow he misjudged it. Somehow his arm ends up up here. Somehow he just doesn't connect <laughs> with it. It comes off his shoulder. And, it, and you know, it's cost us. Like, it's, it's just like that's something that pretty much like epitomised our game yesterday, uh, like how it was, because that was so... Silly, so needless. I mean, all the all the goals United scored came from needless Forest mistakes. That goal we had disallowed came from a needless Forest mistake, and that's what makes it frustrating. Because like, if you lose, like I said before, like there's ways of losing games. If you lose and they cut you to pieces, if their class is shone, if we're coming on this pod now saying fucking how good was Bruno Fernandez or how good was Rashford, you know, United's best players last night were Casemiro, Shaw, and Wan-Bissaka. Their front uh, attacking unit was fucking shit. So they didn't have anything to do, hmm. and yet they've scored three goals. And, you know, if we keep making stupid mistakes like that, like, again, I don't want to sound like I'm hammering Yates here because I don't, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, I, that is as bad as a Hennessy mistake for me. He scores a header last season, doesn't he? Yeah, it's a simple routine header. Like, I would expect anyone with any basic level of football ability to score that goal. Yeah. And I don't know how he's done that. I really don't. But, yeah, obviously that brings the question to force. We, I mean, you know, we lose three minutes watching... VAR officials scrambling round trying to go through the rule book, like figure out what fucking law under JX fifty one goal against goal against Manchester United find special exemption rule, and then they actually realised, oh, actually, look, look at Bolly's um leg, yeah, but it is what it is, and you know, I mean, that will raise questions at VAR HQ and some of how Webster look into because I know obviously like we were told that the double offences could take longer but I don't there wasn't a double offence there like we could see after two replays there wasn't the handball when it was offside so why did it take them four minutes to come to that conclusion mm. Lee anything to add I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of hit VAR on the head once and for all and we don't have to talk about it for the rest of the pod but I'm gonna say exactly what I said to my mates last night that this season has showcased to me that VAR for a game going supporter is absolutely shit it's awful it's I listened to a Sheffield United fan for a couple of years and I thought, it can't be that bad. It can't possibly be that bad. You're in the Premier League, you're watching these teams every week. But it is, it's that bad. So last night you score, you celebrate. This is where a review system would work. Show them last night's situation. Not a single appeal from a United player. If Bruno Fernandes and Eric Ten Hag have an appeal and they can use a review like they do with an LBW in cricket, would they have wasted it on that decision last night? I don't think they would. They're winning the game anyway. Everyone's happy. Let's carry on. We're two one up. Happy days. Or even for a or game even... going to for a game going supporter for an entertainment aspect, they wouldn't. I'm convinced, ninety percent certain, they would not waste a review on that situation last night. 
Yeah, or VAR but, give give them thirty seconds a minute to make if they absolutely. can't make a conclusive decision within that time. Yeah. So the, it's the, on the field. like in cricket, they've got fifteen seconds to say to the umpire, "Yeah, I want it. I want to review it." If if after that, book it. You can't do it. Yeah. Um, I just think, like Christians, that I mean, the mischievous so and so in in me wants to say that the reason they looked tight for so long was because it was against Man United in front of the Stratford end. I mean, how many years did they go under Sir Alex without giving a? I think there's a, there's a really funny quiz question, isn't there? Wasn't Muzzy is its penalty in 98 or something, the first ever penalty given for an opposition team in front of the Stratford end? I mean, the Premier <laughs> the League had been going... The Fulham, like, 12 years later yeah, as well. the Premier yeah. League had been going six years when the first one was given in front of the Stratford end. That that was the, the dictation that Alex Ferguson had on um, the Premier League. But, no, I think, in all, in all seriousness, it is. For a game going support, it's crap. But everyone behind us and that was saying, it's clearly not clear and obvious, whatever they're looking at, because it's taking so long. And mm. then when you find out it's offside, well, yeah, clear and obvious doesn't come into that. I mean, I still see on social media people saying, oh, it's not clear and obvious. It, it, we should have been given the goal. Well, no, because they've disallowed it for offside. But why wasn't that the... If that's not the sole reason for checking it, why are we even looking for offside? It's yeah. like they thought, oh, there's no handball, but let's just have a little look at offside. You can see why fans get pissed off. And I just think it's time that we we have some... Give the manager and the captain one review each. If you get it right, happy days. If you don't, you lose it. Once they're gone, they're gone. It's The game's just becoming... For a game-going supporter, it's just becoming farcical. When when it was taking so long, you just knew they was going to find something. You just knew we wasn't going to get that goal. When it was going on and on and on, and I said to Minister's, they're going to disallow this. You just knew. You just know. Because if, if this... If, if they're unsure about something, especially against United, you just knew you just weren't going to get that, and you know they just delayed the inevitable. I thought it's got to be, it's got to be a lot quicker. I mean, we were stood there for several minutes last night, and you you, do, you have no idea what's going on apart from the checking a goal. You don't know what it's for, so you're like you're literally scrambling to Mashie's folk at home who are watching the game, like what's going on because you have no idea as, as a match going supporter and. I just knew there was going to slap for something. That just mm. summed up our night, really. Yeah. I can see why people are going to watch lower league football straight away because there's none of this. It's like a TV drama. It's like a TV so It yeah. creates suspense. It creates drama. And for me, that's what the Premier League want. They oh, can't want any... In its current format, they can't be doing it for any other reason because it's almost like... It'll be interesting to see what does happen when Howard Webb gets his hands on it because he can't... It just It's making the refs look shit as it is. It's it's just ruining the whole experience, and it's like you say, like how many people, how long have we waited to celebrate a goal at Old Trafford? We kind of have, but now it, it didn't count. It, it's just it's just ridiculous, and it just I, I'd rather it go back to the human error aspect. Say, give all the power back to the officials, and just bin it all. Keep the goal line technology and bin it all for me. I, I I'm at that stage now, really, to be honest. Although, yeah, like I say, they can't be trusted. That's why we have the technology to begin with. They are so fucking bad. They cannot be trusted. <laughs> and they're still right bad. <laughs> exactly. Like, but this is, this is, this raises another question. Like we've had, we've had this question before, like, and obviously I get this is like, maybe something different for you, Lee, obviously, because you know, you see officials coming through at a much lower level and you see the abuse they get, et cetera, et cetera. And you see why they're put off. But currently what we have is the best league in the world, with the worst officials in fucking Europe. I fully believe that because they are fucking dreadful. Like every single week there is something. It's like, you've got technology on your side. You've got everything to help. You've got goal line technology. You know, you've got someone looking at it in fucking like Stockley Park with five, six, seven, eight different angles and you're still getting decisions wrong. At what point do they take responsibility and just go, we're not good enough? 
Hmm. <laughs> the, you're, like, the, you're, 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 the worst thing is they actually came to the right decision at the end of the day. But it just took too long. It just took too long. But let's let's move on back to the actual football. Rita, I just wanted to ask you something before we get into the second half. Was there a missed opportunity of Tyro Wundy not playing down the middle of the pitch when you've got someone like Luke Shaw who's a fullback playing centre half? Because actually, I thought Wundy looked quite sharp. I mean, he he carried the ball quite well in in some in some instances and just didn't didn't get the help, didn't get the support. There was no belief in terms of players getting forward and around him. But I thought if he played down the middle, how much more effective he would have, he might have been. Yeah, I don't know why we played a one you down the left. I thought I, I thought that was strange. Straight away, I was I said to Mrs. again, like Lingard through the middle. I was thought that's a one you on the left. I thought that was a bit strange. I mean, if we haven't worked out by now that a one you is a man who plays on the shoulder, who wants a ball in behind or down a channel. If we haven't worked that out, and I don't really know what's going on, to be honest. There were several times against Blackburn where we literally held, hanged on the last man and wanted the ball through, and we didn't play it. Um, there was one way, I think Johnson put it under his feet the other night. And there was, several, there was a couple of opportunities yesterday, and we just didn't release it for him. And then it got to a point where I think he was trying to bulldoze his way past three men at one point. But... The, the Luke Shaw one's interesting because I, I've seen people like, why didn't we test Luke Shaw? And I thought we tried to and he just bullied Brennan Johnson off the ball every time, personally. That's because Brennan Johnson hadn't got a backbone, um, mate. We, 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 played, we played it up to Johnson instead of... I know that isn't Brennan's game, but he's I got to try. I do think you're being exceptionally harsh there, both of you. Like you you're, think... asking, you're, you're asking someone to do something he clearly can't. Like if you want Johnson to bulk up like a well, Thomas Traore or no. Antonio, you'll take something completely away from his no, game. I'm like, not asking I've him... never heard either of you like go, oh, Lingard or Gibbs White can't hold the ball up. It's no, always I'm not, asking, Johnson. Like... I'm not asking him to hold the ball up, but when a ball's put up to him, He's got to at least get it under control. I'm sure he can do that as a professional footballer, can't yeah, he? Yeah, but you're, you're, it doesn't really matter. Like, if you're asking someone to do something they're not comfortable with, why are we doing it? Well, that yeah, should that, be the question. That, it shouldn't yeah, be why are we keep it along yeah. with Johnson. Yeah, I don't know why we keep lumping it up to him then because Luke Shaw literally got up his backside and just nudged him off the ball every time. He doubled keep, it up every single yeah, time. It was dumb. It. Like, everyone could see it was dumb. Yeah. Like, it's silly. And Joe, and, Joe, and, it. Joe and Johnson actually got like one on one with his fullback and put a ball across. We looked all right, but then like there was, there was a point in the second half where he got the ball and you and he stood against Casemiro, who is a world class centre defensive midfielder. But you're like, he's not going to catch you, so just run him. And he didn't want to. Yeah, he's, was... he's got he's got to have that belief in himself again. Like you know, against Blackburn, he was you know running at him all night and he caused him absolutely. Tons of problems, yet when it in the prem, it's like I don't know star if he struck or quite have that belief that he's actually really, really fast and he can, you know, when he got like Casemiro hurtling towards him, you know, if he knocks it by him, he's going to beat Casemiro for pace. You know, yeah. Casemiro, like we said, is a world class player, but he's not very quick. Yeah, and it's not it's. It's not just him as well. I'm not picking on him, but the fluidity again, like last night going forward, we just. You know, like just Christian said, lump, you know, lumping it up to players, and we keep doing it. So you kind of, like Christian just said, you kind of like, well, it's either we've got to, the main thing is we've got to stop doing it and mm. actually play to a strengths with you know balls in behind and in down the channels, but we don't. We do it every game, especially away from home. We we just don't have that belief. It seems away from home. 
Yeah. I mean, the, the only reason I think I wonder he might have played wide left because when Jesse Lingard come off, he had so much strapping. It, it, it was unbelievable. So it kind of made me lead me to believe that maybe he wasn't 100% fit and he couldn't do the running. So he played down the middle to reduce that. But then it, it like a one is not a technically gifted player to do that wider role as such. Um, that 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 infuriates me. But Lee, do you believe there's a bit of a lack of a game plan from what Reese has just said away from home? Because at home we look like we know what we're kind of doing. But why do you think it differs so much away from home? I don't know. It's difficult. I just think I said to Reese on the way out last night. I just think. It... Every time we play a big side away, we just look defeated before we've even started. Um, and I, for the first eighteen minutes last night, I don't think we were that bad. Actually, we, we kind of competed a little bit. But just as soon as that first goal goes in, you just know that some another one's coming. If if a team cottons onto us, they, they'll score another one within minutes. Just just what we do. Um, I'm not sure if there's lack of a game plan. I, I just think we rely too. Many... <laughs> there probably is, to be fair, because it's all. Obviously, we get the ball in possession and we, we flip it over and then we try and just go as, as quickly as possible. There was there was one situation in the first half where Lingard tried to pick out uh, Awani and he had Johnson in acres. Just, he just needed to hold on to it for a little second. It's all a bit rushed. Hmm. It's all still a bit like they've not played with each other before. Um, yeah. But I mean... What I would say is I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to sound like one of the happy clappers here because it's, it's shit going away and not scoring and, and getting beat three and four. But... I mean, one thing I would say is games against United aren't going to dictate where we finish this season. But obviously, given our, our away record on the whole, that's not going to be good enough to keep us up either. So something else, something's got to change away. Um, and it's it's a bit of a conundrum for Cooper because injuries are stacking up a little bit. So I don't really know what the answer is at this stage. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see in the January transfer window. Will we go for a striker now? I'm not sure. Um I don't know. Will, will there be a bit of preparation for next season? Again, I'm not sure. I just think the next month will be very interesting to see what happens because something's got to give away. And I, I, as a fan, I'm not really sure what the answer is at this stage. Just to add to Lee's comment, I think we'll probably see where we are away from home with his next away game, Southampton, because they're struggling. And that's a game where you think, right, you know, we've been poor away from home. Let's go there and prove a point. So we'll probably see a lot more where we are after that one. But I just want it's Nathan James. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just um, just to cap off the Man United game, obviously Christian um, Emmanuel Dennis come on and actually looked bright in some spark parts, but then did his usual of not releasing the ball, didn't release the ball near the edge of our box. He gave it. Casemiro comes in, gives it to to Fred in it, and it's and it's it's an easy finish at the end of the day, but it's another cheap goal, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, all of them are cheap, really. I mean, this is this is what I was sort of alluding to earlier. I mean, you've got the first goal, you leave... I mean, uh, what brain box thinks, oh, you know, let's just leave Marcus Rashford on, Mark from the, on, from, on the penalty spot from a corner. What's the worst that could happen? Second goal is a, a calamitous keeper error. Now, you, you have to give, you know, obviously United credit for moving the ball up the pitch quickly, as we've touched upon. But, you know, like you said, it was a pretty... It was a poor pass from Rashford. It's an even worse finish from Martial. Like Martial was shit all game, but he can he can come and came off the pitch with a goal to his name. Um, and the third goal, I like. Thing is, um, Dennis, I don't think he completed the forward pass all night. I I really don't like. And um, just before that, I think I think Anthony had a chance of result of it. He tried to pass the ball to Bolly, 
And granted, this, I will say, is Bolly's fault. And this raises another question into going into January because he's clearly, you know, it's like a fucking bomb when it comes to his foot. Bolly has nothing <laughs> to do with it. Um, like, you know, the ball, he's, it's about a yard or two ahead of him and he can just move up to it and just collect it nicely and help Forrest get the pitch. But he stands and watches. And as a result of that, a United player goes, thank you very much, and goes and they force a chance and Hennessy saves. And uh, so, you know, once stung, Dennis does it again. And, you know, Casemiro reads it, goes, thank you very much, picks out Fred, goal. Like, you can't make mistakes like that at any level, let alone at Old Trafford. I mean, I think a few things can be right about yesterday. Like, a few contrasting, like, statements can actually be correct. I think Forrest are pretty solid for most of the game. I think the game plan, as frustrating as it was at times, it largely worked. But the fact mm. that the attacking, the attacking unit was shit, like, for United, like, Bruno didn't do anything, you know, Anthony was awful. Like that's an eighty-five million pound player. Apparently, wouldn't have thought it last night. Yeah, you know, Marshall, nothing had scraps. Even Rashford really didn't really have a lot of service last night. Ericsson had a quiet game. Like you, the best players for United, you're picking out of defensive ones. So from that side of things, we did all right. But equally, <laughs> if you give mistakes like that away, you just you're not going to go anywhere empty-handed. Like yeah. it's, that's what makes it more frustrating, I think, because. On the one hand, we actually did quite a fairly solid job on them. But on the other, no, we could have lost that game 7-0 and he wouldn't have flattered them just because just... of the chances we were conceding. I mean, I do think it's a case of what both Lee and what Reese were saying. It is a belief issue. I really do believe that. It really is a belief issue now because we can't keep going to these places like rabbits in headlights. It's it, it's embarrassing. Like, you know, and I've worried this for a while now. Like, I mean, obviously you can shoot me down here, but if you look Bournemouth away last season, completely froze Forest and we lost 1-0 Sheffield United in the playoffs we scored completely froze ended up going to penalties and getting lucky you know a brief slammer masterclass obviously you can say oh the playoff final at Wembley sort of thing yeah okay great then you look at the games this season Leicester away froze Man United away froze Arsenal away froze City away froze like it keeps like even Bournemouth at home to take a 2-0 lead froze like mm. that, this can't keep happening and, you know, I don't know what it is, whether it's a leadership error in the group, whether it's like because we've chopped and changed so many players because there isn't that spirit there, whether it's down to the manager, I don't know. But it needs addressing injuries urgently, whether that happens in January when we buy in new bloods, we evidently need a striker who can hold the ball up because we don't have one. Uh, I think Scarpa will help. Obviously, we only seen little snippets from like friendlies, but against Valencia, he was the only one willing to pass the ball through the lines to get like the quicker wingers onto the ball so you actually get Johnson Dennis doing what they fucking should be doing on a pitch mm. running onto it and getting in behind right, as opposed to like with their back to a full back and just getting gobbled up every time Yeah, we also need a, a centre back who can A move and B trap a football because Bolly can't do either <laughs> and you know you, you look at it from that perspective it's just, it just doesn't look great but you know, three additions and it can change but we really need to sort this mentality issue out because one of the things we thrived on so often last year was we go to places like you know Swansea for example and be like oh fuck this lot you know we'll, we'll fucking hammer them and mm. we'll have that not an air, air arrogance about us which is confidence in our ability we've got better players this time around it just isn't there yeah so I don't, I, it is a belief issue I thought there was just, a, a bit of lack of composure and, and bravery in terms of midfield yesterday I thought it was possibly one of the quieter games Remo Freuler had I thought him and him and Mangala him and Mangala yeah, looked like they couldn't put pass to pass to each other sometimes it would like pass and it'd be a short one just behind them or whatever and then we, and we'd lose possession quite easily I mean 
Uh, yeah, Yates. We we don't we don't wax lyrical about his technical ability, but he was probably the best player in terms of actually passing the ball and and getting us going last night. And that's saying something because normally we're quite critical of him for that because he's known for his breaking up of play and and being a bit of a shit house. So that's something I think we need to address. Like Cooper said it in his post match, he he was upset about our bravery yesterday, and and that's all it comes down to because we did get into some nice positions and then just decision-making was terrible. I mean, for some, someone for like Jesse Lingard to make so many poor choices in terms of decision-making is is very uncharacteristic in, in my eyes. And the addition of Scarpa will definitely help whether he, start, whether, whether he plays in the 10 role or maybe slightly deeper to give us that creativity from, uh, from the middle of the pitch. We'll, we'll yet to see. And I don't know if any of you guys will know this, but can he play against Chelsea? Will he? Is he registered in time for that game? I don't know because it, it looks like we might need him sooner than than later. Really, with there's, the injuries topping up. There's a lot of mixed messages on Twitter. Yeah, um, because he obviously starts that day, doesn't it? Is registered. Well, but so I don't. I've no idea. The issue in I theory, think he got... should be able to. The issue I think we've got is that the FA doesn't open for business on the first of Jan. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that? But does that? But what I don't know, and what I've been trying to find out, is does that mean that is it not open for business, as in that they're not going to be doing pushing pencils all day, or does it mean that they're not open? They have got someone there who can register players, sort of thing. So his contract does start from the first of January, but I think it's a bit of a grey area. Um, I'm, I'm sure Cooper will get asked in pre-match. I'm sure he, he will. And you'll probably FA avoid ever, it. Are <laughs> the FA ever open for business? They don't seem to do no for the game, apart from just sit there and let the Premier League dictate everything what what wants to happen in English football. So yeah, there's a no lot comment. of mixed messages on <laughs> a lot of mixed messages on social media. So I'm sure Cooper will get asked and he'll say won't he won't whether he's in contention or not. But just um as well, I know like <laughs> Christian just said about Dennis, obviously not um giving the ball away which he did to be fair it probably could do with a run in the team it, it's no good is it we've got a 20 million pound player and he's getting 10 minutes here and there you know we all we all said when Carvalho was at Forest it was no good giving a player 5-10 minutes maybe it's, it's time now to get a bit of run in the team if we've got a couple of injuries and you know because he is, he is quick and he is skillful on the ball it's just his decision making he just was Manu's best attacker at probably last 10 minutes by breaking up the good work he did and then just giving the ball away. So that'll be an interesting one. I'd probably agree with that. I think, uh, I think especially if we're looking at a possibility that we might be short of a number 10, I think if you put him in the number 10 and tell him to kind of link up with another striker and make a two when we've got the ball, I just think he's not going to have that ability to be in the other half of the pitch and give the ball away needlessly. Like last night when he, he was like two completely different players. In one half, he was absolutely abysmal. And then in the other, he looked quite lively. So I think if you put him into that number 10 role, he probably doesn't have the chances to be near our own goal. Yeah, he did that away. really good piece of work, what got Toffolo in down the left. And we had, I think, Johnson flicked it towards the hair and then Surridge had a shot, what got saved. It's just, he's, he's never played him and Tyro together as well. And I don't know whether that could be Not- something... They played together against City, didn't they? As like the last yeah, half hour or so, but you know, they, they started a game together. No, yeah, in a game where like we're kind of in the game still. Mm-hmm. I mean, that game at City were last half an hour waste of time, wasn't it? Really for us. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at Blue dot com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on, it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spelled R-E-I-S-S. NFFC, or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Just before we get to some Lee Clark slept on it thoughts, we do want to go through some player performance reviews. I think I think Hennessy, I think we've already spoke about enough, but I do want to talk about the back four. I mean, I've got some different opinions uh, to some of you lads. I thought Serge Aurier wasn't, wasn't too bad at it. I think Lodi, other than his set pieces, were... We're all for. I thought the the, the centre half pairing was was abysmal. Really, I thought Willie Bolly looked like he were in free custard. I don't know what you thought, uh, Christian or Lee. Lee, Lee, you, you go first. Um, it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's such a strange game of opinions. I don't think Bolly was bad defensively, but it's just he can't play out. He, like Christian said earlier, he looks like he's got a bomb at his feet every time he's got the ball. Um, I don't know what it is. He just seemed to have a knack of being in positions to make some decent clearances last night. And you know I hate talking about stats. I don't want to t- sound like the Twitter trendy people here. But the stats actually, in terms of his tackles, his clearances and in- interceptions, were actually probably our best player last night in terms of the figures. I know what you're saying with playing out from the back, but I don't. I, I think with the right personnel next to him, um, i.e. not Joe Worrell or Steve Cook or probably Scott McKenna, um, he could look okay. Um I don't know. It, it, it's one of them. I'm not the one minute saying, oh, he's amazing and he's got to play every game. But I actually don't think he was that bad last night. Um, but I would agree with you on Lottie. I think if his name was Richard Long, a lot of people would kind of get on his side a bit more. His delivery with corners was shocking, don't get me wrong. But I think his overall play was was actually pretty. It's another game again where we've had a bit of a thrashing and he's started. So naturally, everyone thinks <laughs> it's all his fault. And that's the only reason we lost 3-0. So... Um, yeah, I'd agree with that one, Adam. I don't think Lodi was that bad last night. Yeah, I think just before we get onto midfield, Christian, I thought it's a bit alarming that with with all the players that are out injured or unavailable, that we're relying on a left back to take our set pieces, which is which is worrying when you've got some of the players who are technically quite good. That that does worry me. But let's get onto midfield. What what were your overall opinions of of the three in there? Because I thought there was a missed opportunity, to be honest, to to get a real foothold in the game. In all honesty, yeah, same. I mean, I think as we touched upon, I think the game sort of passed for the buyer, which is probably the first time that's really happened since he's been at Forest. He just didn't really seem to be in the game at all. He was just there. Um, <laughs> Mangala started off very well. Like, there was a few times actually he looked really good where you know he had men round him, he'd find a way through or like you know, pick the right pass out and you know try to get, get us up the pitch. But then obviously, you know, inherently at fault for the second United goal by. 
failing to track Marcus Rashford. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying those words. It sounds so fucking stupid. Why would you not track their most dangerous player on a pitch from a set piece? It just makes mm. no sense. But um, other than that, he he combated well. They did okay. Um, and like we said before, Yates is our best midfielder. Yates is probably our best player. Um, no, I thought that you know he gave Ericsson Torre time in midfield. So he got Ericsson booked at one point. Just because he kept, it was just there. It was always in his to, face. Was, to be honest, he should have got like, booked twice in that in that one instance for me. You, you yeah, had to go right, at him twice. <laughs> yeah, like um, <laughs> he got spanned twice as well. Yeah, like, so credit to him. I mean, as he touched upon, like that isn't necessarily something that we associate with Yates' game. It's more often than not, you know, break up play, intercept it, keep it safe, move on. But he was actually looking to get us at the pitch yesterday, and fair play to him for that. And yeah, he was probably our best midfielder. Um. Lewis O'Brien came on, didn't, didn't, no, I, I thought, actually, something we didn't really cover, but I felt Cooper's subs were very strange. I yeah. admit that, um, obviously, we had sort of like a weakened bench compared to normal, but it was weird. Like, so was it O'Brien came on for Lingards, but he wasn't playing an advanced role. So we were sort of playing a 4 4 1 1. Then I, I don't even know what happened last night. I don't, when Toffolo, Dennis and Sarage came on, I don't really know. I don't know what shape we we're playing towards the end. I don't think the players knew what shape they were playing towards the end. No. And um, that is another issue in its own right. But um, yeah, Brian was okay. Did a few silly things. Did a few good things. Wasn't really much else to write home about. I think the average Forest rating, I had a look on Sofa score this morning, was 6.7, which means, which would imply that we didn't play particularly badly. But you still lost 3 0. We were just mad, so, weren't we? Just like, we were yeah. just there to make up the numbers, unfortunately. Reese, let's get into strikers before we move on to Sleptonic Forts. Um, anything to take away in terms of a positive outlook, at least, so everyone doesn't think we're doom and gloom? No, I mean, I touched on, we touched on Brennan and Tyra earlier. I think something just for balance sake, something what Brennan did really well last night, I think, was in the second half where he put Malasir under real pressure. It was literally going out for a goal kick and he literally spanned the ball off him and like towed it against him to win a corner. And that's probably more my point that he's got to kind of just I know it isn't his game holding up or but he's he can be a bit rough around the edges at times and make it difficult for the defenders. He did that at Brighton away. Um, you know, just just lean it, lean your body in a bit, and just make it a bit difficult. And that was a point where we did that for um against Malasia. Um, again, just for balance, I'm going to go back a bit now. I know we, I totally agree with Lee Hennessy should have kept that second one out, but he made some good saves last night. To be fair, and probably made it <laughs> a bit um respectable. What's the word I'm looking for respectable. Yeah, it mm. it wasn't really. I wouldn't say it was a 3-0 game on the face of it, but the problem is a team of United's quality will punish mistakes. And that, that's exactly what happened last night. And when you're against a team like that, it can end up becoming five or six because we made mistakes. And, you know, and then people will be like, oh, well, it flattered them a bit, but that's that's the level in typically. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Adam. It was just a bit mer type of game, wasn't it? No one really stood out for us. None. I don't think anyone was right, relatively terrible. It was just at stages in the game where individual errors cost us, and it's like one of them games where you kind of now got to draw a line under and move on because you know. And <clears throat> be interesting in um, whatever day we play Chelsea on New Year's Day. I'm going to say. Um, and, then, and then obviously we <laughs> we spoke about didn't we a few pods ago about that run after Chelsea. So yes, we'll, we'll see. We'll, 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 we'll see uh, where we are. 
we'll have a little look at. Anyway, uh, the man that is after my own heart for the slept on it thoughts as we as he's he's messaged before Abdoon on the moon. I love that name. Uh, missed uh, Morgan Gibbs White desperately only for his set piece delivery. Need to make the most of corners and free kicks to ever get anything out of games versus the big boys, which I I, I agree with and don't agree with. We've we've already touched on about the bravery and and, and whatnot. Uh, Lee Chilvers missed opportunity based on their makeshift back four. Tyro should have been down the middle, bullying Shaw and Varane. Could have been a lot more. Hennessy kept us in it despite mistake for the second. Uh, Ray Ray not Lala. What an interesting name. Miss Morgan gives white corners terrible. A wouldn't he harried and carried the ball well. Limited end product. We have no one to keep hold of the ball up front, which we've mentioned. Lottie was poor. Midfield lack quality passer or similar who work hard. Centre-backs lack pace, some okay moments against a good team. Uh, that Gary Bolding nerd needs to start showing more spirit and fight away from home. Can't keep relying on us to create their intensity for them. Uh, Red miss. We are still giving away poor goals. I wish we'd approach away games as we have done at home. Need a striker and a centre-half and someone who can take a corner and free kick. Well, Gustavo Scarpa will hopefully fill that void uh, in the coming few weeks. Johnny Ancliffe, lack belief going forward, not convinced of any other centre-backs in this league. However, two points from safety when you take goal difference into account. A real good run of fixtures coming up. The next six games will show really where we are now, which we will get into because that is a very, very good point, Johnny. Uh, Grant Fellows, poor, poor all in their goals, avoidable, poor decision-making. Execution of the final ball going forward was frustrating as we could have made more of a game of it. Uh, at least we kept the score down. Uh, Phil put three as flattered as this starstruck nature of the big boys is wearing thin, which I do agree with. Uh, we playing far too much respect. Don't understand why we have two centre forwards on the pitch and both stuck on the wing. Um, looks like Scarpa is going to be our saviour. Um, so thank you very much for everyone that's got in touch with uh, the slept on it thoughts. We are going to look at towards January and our, and our Chelsea preview. Obviously, we've got. Uh, Chelsea on the 1st of January which is a Sunday 4.30 kickoff on Sky Sports uh, as Christian likes to advertise I'll keep the trend going uh, Southampton away on the 4th which is a massive massive 6 point of them being bottom uh, before a trip to Blackpool in the FA Cup quarterfinals against Wolves uh, the visit of Leicester City on the 14th of Jan and then ending the month of Bournemouth away which is there's some massive massive fixtures after that is Leeds at home Fulham away before going to Man City then West Ham in February um big opportunity guys um feel free to come in whenever you want but uh we'll, we'll talk about the Chelsea game obviously first and foremost because that is the next one that's coming up I I do feel it is a opportunity to take points off just one of the so-called big six at home uh, we seem to step up at home against against them sort of sides in in my eyes. Uh, Reese, we'll we'll start with you and the thoughts on that. Just to add as well, we've obviously got Leeds away to be rearranged. Probably going to be chucked in there as well. So that'll be um another big game. They're struggling, aren't they, Leeds at the minute? Yeah, weirdly, I do think we can get something against Chelsea. I've said that. Obviously, before the World Cup, now uh, I saw that they won 2 0 yesterday. I was listening to Talk Sport if you want to go for them as a source. But Jason Cundy was saying last night on the way home that Chelsea got 2 0 up and then never really put Bournemouth to the sword and was like, you know, kind of just, um, oh, I'm lost for words now. I mean, I caught you the know, last 20 minutes of that game. through the rest of the game, apparently. And he, I, and he said he was actually a bit concerned for the game against us. Um, so hopefully we can kind of put it on him, you know, put some pressure on them. Uh, I have watched Chelsea a couple of times under Potter. 
Uh, you know, they are very much, I'd say, in transition at the minute with, you know, a new manager, new ideas um, in Potter coming in. So it is at home. We're going to have to, um, we're going to have to be braver than we have been away. That's for sure. And we're just going to have to try and make it uncomfortable for them. I'm sure the atmosphere will be really good. Um, it'll be under the floodlights by that time, won't it? Or is it half past four kickoff? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, you know, if, if Chelsea, let's be honest, if Chelsea are on the game, they'll probably beat us because they've got a team stacked full of high-quality internationals. Um, but, you know, we've got to just try and rough them up a bit like we did the Liverpool at times and we got a result out of that game. So, yeah, it'd be... Um, it should be a good game that one. I'm quite looking forward to it, especially after last night. You know, once you once you lose a game, it's like you just want to move on to the next one. Definitely. So, yeah, looking I mean, forward I, to it. I caught the last 20 minutes against uh, Bournemouth, and I thought Bournemouth really should have got something out of the game. Mm. They they really really put the pressure on Chelsea, and it, it kind of gives us a, hopefully a bit of a blueprint in in terms of how to approach the game. He is tinkering a lot as well into Potter with his team, so you so kind of don't so, know. What... So is Cooper. Well, yeah, that is true, but you just don't. But he likes to change formation and change this, and change that. So you kind of don't really know what you're gonna um, get with Chelsea. I'm sure FPL players would have thought that yesterday because I had, I think, two or three different Chelsea players in my team at one point, but mm. uh, I didn't know who was going to start. So yeah, um, ended up going with Mason Man. He probably will start. Yeah. Lee, um, where do you think the key area lies in terms of getting at Chelsea more so than, than anything? Difficult, isn't it? Like Reese has just said, they are trying lots of different players and um, trying to get something to work. Um, I don't know. I just think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be averse to seeing us go with two up front. I don't know why. I just think something's got, like I said earlier, something's got to give a little bit. Um and if we are going to be short of, it's going to depend who's fit for us, isn't it? I, I wonder how, how bad Lingard's injury is and Gibbs White's obviously not going to be fit. So we are going to be a little bit short of a number 10 unless Scarpa does get thrown in, which is very unlikely, I guess. But yeah, I, I just hope we play, I hope we stick in the game. I hope we play, we're going to have essentially, what, 27,000 fans roaring us on. So that should help. Uh, first game back since November, again, that should help. Um, it's going to be tough still I, I still think Chelsea have got some really good players and, and they're going to smell blood a little bit aren't they I think um, they'll know that they can't really afford any more slip-ups and losing to us would be pretty detrimental to their season and, and what Potter wants to achieve there so um, it'll be interesting to see how we line up what the key to success is uh, it's it's very cliche but we just need to make sure we score one more goal than them don't we it, however way it comes it, it it's hard to say oh do it with the full backs and get them going forward more or pack it, pack the midfield out or play to up front we, we just need to make sure we, we're grinding out a result again Um, even if it's similar to the Liverpool game where Henderson has a blinder and, and we nick it 1-0 um, however way it comes it, it just needs to start coming quickly really Christian we're going to speak to your pal who's a season ticket holder at Chelsea I mean I'm interested to see what sort of formation they go with, whether they go at the three at the back or, or a four at the back. Obviously, mm. Kukureo has been known to play at centre-half, weirdly enough. So, would you see an opportunity where, I mean, if, if you're if you're Alan Tate, you, you, you're in the ear of Cooper saying, let's play Taiwo down the middle, stick him on Kukureo and, and get the ball into him and, and get players around him, really, wouldn't you? Uh, you think so, but I don't know. I mean, a lot depends on 
it's very weird to say this that a team as expensively assembled as Chelsea is so reliant on a right wing back from their academy. But um, obviously, Reese James came back yesterday, and it's no surprise that Chelsea, for the first half especially, looked a significantly much better side. Mm. Then James got injured, and they fell to shit again. So, um, <laughs> A lot depends on whether he plays, really, because it's very weird. I'm sure it's something that Potter will eventually like try and address, be it this January or moving forwards, because it does seem very bizarre that you know they are so reliant on one player and it's a right wing back. I mean, you know, you get teams reliant on centre forward, for example. If you take Mitrovic out of Fulham, they'd probably like fall to bits as a prime example of so or Zaha out of Palace. You no, know, they're both attacking like attacking players, not a right back. But James just seems to give them a sort of balance that you know is above and beyond, which is why he is, in my opinion, England's best right-back. That's a different matter anyway. But, um, yeah, we'll have to see what happens on that front because if James doesn't play, then we've got every chance to get something out of it. If he does play, then we'll probably lose, especially if we play like, like we did last night. That's a bit of a mad statement that we might lose if a right-back plays and yeah. <laughs> might win if he doesn't. That's um, that's bloody amazing. Um, Reese. I just wanted to... Uh, ask you about what your thoughts on Chelsea more than likely not playing with a known centre forward. They like to play Kai Averts in this like false nine with with Sterling and and Mount surrounded him. Um, any 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 thoughts on that? Because our two centre halves aren't wherever you pick, unless it's near Kato, who Obviously, he's inj- been injured for about eternity. None of them can <laughs> well, really move. Well, as I mentioned, this is the problem I have with FPL team. I wanted to get a Chelsea striker in, and then I couldn't didn't really know the kind of. I was looking through the the latest games, and there was chopping and changing between Havertz and Abamyang. Obviously, they've got Abamyang as well, who's very still quite quick. So it'd be interesting who they play. Whether you know what top six managers are like as well. They like to moan about fixture congestion. So if he maybe rotates um against us a little bit. I don't I don't know. But um and Havertz has always been very stop start. I think there is a there was definitely a player in there, but he's just not very consistent. He's obviously got the quality, but I think any player who they've got an attack if, if they're on the game are going to cause us a problem because you know Chelsea don't sign absolutely terrible players do they so yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they play. Um, like Christian said, really, they they're so reliant on James, especially. But you know, it was kind of why Tuchel's empire went down. They lost James and Chilwell for that period, and then it just really went to pot because they relied so heavily on them to getting forward as wing backs. I mean, James in full flow, I think, was it last season was scoring most weeks at one point. Yeah, so, he was. He was a good. Um, he was a good one for the FPL. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It was it was <laughs> bad for the FPL team. He went off injured yesterday, James, but good for us that he might not play against um, us. So we'll have to see what um, lineup Chelsea play. But, you know, like I said in my first comment, we've just got to try and make life difficult for them. Um, we can't... That's been the problem way from home, hasn't it? When it's the big six away from home, we've not made life difficult for them and they've rolled us over. When we've played Tottenham and Liverpool, the two at home so far, we've made life tough for them. I know Spurs beat us in the league, but we were we were really good that game and then we beat Liverpool. So that's the kind of performance we've got to be looking at um, against Chelsea. And really, you know, we could do with a result, even a point at least. I know that sounds optimistic because they're a top six side, but... I do really believe we can get something. But... 
yeah, we'll see. Definitely. Anyway, let's let's conclude with with some predictions. Lee, we're going to start with you and work our way around. Uh, I don't know. Um, my head and my heart are saying two different things again. Um, let's be optimistic after the Christmas break. I think it'll be a decent occasion. I think the city ground will be packed and rocking. Um, I'm going to go for another. And I'm even going to put a cheeky little bet on it. I'm going to go for another Liverpool game where we win 1-0 and Big T scores the winner. Big T scores the winner. Uh, Christian? Um, hmm. <laughs> uh, again, I've got sort of head and heart thing. Head says we're going to get absolutely fucking dicks. We'll probably 3-0. Um, I think they're right. I think they're right. I just to be honest. I really do. I think... Um, no, uh, there have been signs with Potter and the Chelsea where they've looked very much like the sort of Potter team that Brian has. Um, it hasn't been fully consistent yet, we know that, but I just think that the amount of space we gave up yesterday, you know, that's us trying to get into the game. Like, if that's against a sort of more passive United team, I think Chelsea would just rip, rip us to pieces if we play like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned it could go very badly. However, on the other hand, I do think that they don't have a centre forwards. Um, they Potter's teams at Brighton did go quite a while without scoring. They can be quite easy to frustrate, much like when we went to Brighton and got a point, played a very similar way. Um, Hart says we'll draw nil nil. Head says we'll get fucking bad. Right, Reese. You know, yeah, it's, it's similar. Not going to get fucking battered, but um, if you're a betting man like. A lot of people are, and myself included. You'd obviously be betting on Chelsea to win the game if they if they play how they can, they'll beat us. But I generally do think we can get a result, and I'm gonna <laughs> gonna agree with Lee. Lee actually got the man new prediction right. He had three 0 because I remember reading it out. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go for a one 0 Forest win, um, which would be a nice start to the new year, as we did last year. Um, this obviously year, should I say, with Lewis Grabbin against Arsenal, first game of the year, one 0 So that'll do again. Start the new year off. I'm 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 going to finish off with a positive note, and I think that will frustrate Chelsea a lot, and we'll we'll get at them a lot more because we're at home, which is a weird concept in itself in in my, in my eyes because it's always eleven against eleven. Doesn't matter where where you go to go play the football. It's the same grass and the same same amount of players. But so I'm going to go for a cheeky one 0 as well. I'll take a point, um, just any sort of result to get as points on the board. But yeah, cheeky one 0 I don't care who scores. It can be an own goal for all I care. I'm not bothered. But let's uh let's start the year twenty twenty three off with a with a positive. But thank you very much for joining us at Red Side of the Trent. It's been a lovely year of uh of of twenty twenty two. Um, obviously there's been a lot of lot of brilliant moments. Um, before we we uh, finish and conclude the the podcast and finish up. I uh, just want to get everyone's uh, thoughts of like your moment of of twenty twenty two. Obviously, we had a really good FA Cup run. We got promoted. We've got to two FA uh, two cup quarterfinals. Um, Lee, let's start off with you. Twenty twenty two. Sum it up. How good was it? Oh, unreal! Amazing. Um, I always think it's one of them one of them years where. If you're an armchair fan, or you 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 know you poke fun at other fans because you your team's better than theirs, your team in inverted commas because you never go and watch them, it's just one of those seasons that as a game going fan you just 
thrive on because it's incredible the the banter stops this the ridicule stops and all those years of being taunted for forest being absolutely dire kind of it makes it all worthwhile um it's crazy to think that this time last year we weren't we weren't really in the mix for a playoff place even it's the meteoric rise has just been incredible it's, it has literally been Roy of the Rovers stuff um it's just been amazing I mean if you could if you could relive one year from watching Forest in my lifetime it'd be head and shoulders above it uh bearing in mind when my dad first started taking me it was like when Forest were playing European nights but obviously the experience is is quite different when you're a kid so to to kind of have that that experience of Wembley with with my best mates who I've been to watch Forest with for years was their memories to cherish forever. Um, and even the Sheffield United game as well, it was just, it was just, I can't put it into words. It's just, it was just the best year ever. Um, and I think Steve Cooper and his staff will be indebted for a long time, um, possibly forever, to be honest, uh, by <laughs> certain Forest fans. So um, hopefully he can revive things this season. Uh, I think he'll be given the time to do so. Um and I just think it'll always be a season where I think the uh, is it Forza Garibaldi that's released that book. I think that was a really good idea, just as something to um, keep yeah, have as a keepsake because there's so many little moments that you kind of forget about um, that were just incredible. Even like the five-one win when we needed to get the goal difference up a bit against Swansea, and there were just so many. You can't even pinpoint one moment. It's impossible. <laughs> um, it was just amazing. It was just incredible. Um, so yeah, what a year! I think you've summed it up pretty nicely. I don't know if Christian or or Reece can really add to that, but Christian, if you if you can, then then say what you want to say. Yeah, I mean, like the fact that we're sat here now, bemoaning that we've gifted Man United a league win, <laughs> uh, is very different. So like, it's con it's testament to how good the year's been. Because like, you know, think when we first started the pods on the Hutton, and we were fucking losing every week miserably, and. <laughs> you know, um, you think to where we are now, like the, the transformation Cooper's made is, is remarkable. Like, we've been quarter final, first quarter final since 1996. Obviously, we've got to achieve that this season. First League Cup quarter final since 1994, both in the same year, promotion in the same year. We finally got over that semi final hoodoo in the same year. Admittedly, that was pretty done in, in forest fashion, in that we made it incredibly hard for ourselves, but um. You know, all these things were done, you know, a day at day at Wembley for the first time in 23 years, you know, beating Liverpool in the Premier League, be, beating West Ham in the Premier League, you know, the team in Europe last season who narrowly sit one point ahead of us, despite, you know, and they're still crying about Lingard, which is hilarious. Um, you look at all the things we've done in the course of the year, and even like like some of the things last year, some of the times where we did actually dig in when we needed to, like when we won away at Peterborough, for example, to send them down. When they had everything in the line to play for, it's just a we move forwards. Like when we had Swansea at home, like Reed, um, me touched upon them 1 5 1. You know, when you think of like West Brom at home winning 4 0, you know, it's it's definitely the best of my lifetime. It probably will be the best for a long time to come until we get to a point where we become an established Premier League side and we get in the top half of that. And that could take years. That could take 10 years. That could take a long, long time. So I think, you know, it's. It's, it's it's good. Obviously, we're showing progress that, you know, we, we are at a point, like I just said, where we were annoyed that we've lost at Old Trafford. But equally, compared to where we were, it's a staggering improvement. And, you know, full testing has to go to Steve Cooper for that because he's made all this possible. Reese, 
just literally, I'd describe it as an emotional roller coaster. Um, and the thing what sits with me mostly is just the barriers we broke down. It would have been so easy, like, for example, losing to Huddersfield in that FA Cup game because we'd not made a quarter final for so long. We went 1 0 down and then just like to come back in that game. It would have been, you know, just so many games, it would have been so easy for to do with Forest. Like when we lost to Bournemouth away and then that last minute equaliser at Hull, it would have been so Forest of old to then go into that playoffs and completely shit ourselves and just the season would have just ended with a whimper. You know, even to like pick ourselves up off the canvas against Sheffield United really and beat them on penalties and just see Huddersfield out in the final. We didn't, I don't think Huddersfield still had a shot on target in that final. We, we could talk about the penalty claims and that, but they just broke barriers down what I never thought I'd see a Forest side do. And as Christian just said, that is a testament to Steve Cooper and his staff, a testament to the players who was there last season. And even like this season, to, you know, to beat Liverpool at home, who'd just been in the Champions League final, you know, you, you can say, yeah, we rode as luck, but that happens in football. And even, even still, like, I know we've... You know, I've had, we've had a lot of grumblings this season because now we're here. We want to stay here as for well, we know that. But even when the pressure was on before the break, we had to win one of them two games. We grinded it out against Palace. Um, the other night, it would have been so easy to lose to a Blackburn side with eleven changes, Forest of old, but we made that look comfortable. So, yeah, it's just been an in, generally an incredible year and. Um, I just hope 2023 can be. It's not going to be as incredible, we know that, because of what happened last season. But if we can stay in the Premier League and get to a semi-final of a cup competition, that would be um, that would be brilliant. Um, yeah, and we'll start it off with um, Chelsea. And that's kind of the difference in who was his first game last season in the champ, maybe Millwall away, maybe. Millwall away. Yeah, and then we're starting off with Chelsea at home. This year, so I mean the the London, thing, the, London the, the London thing's consistent at least, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> ones, yeah. I mean, my, my my recapping of it is it's it's been brilliant, and you can't thank Cooper and, and the staff and the players enough because you look at the championship where I think like if Birmingham City had won last night, they'd have gone from sixteenth to like yeah. fifth. And I'm so glad I'm not part of that craziness. Um, I mean, it's not it's not too dissimilar in the Premier League at the bottom there, but. If we can have as good a 20, 2023 as we did at the start of 2022, where we went on a bit of a run and, and got going, then then I have no doubts that this team can survive. But it's just a massive, massive ask. But all we can do is support the team and 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 and, and give our all as, as supporters because um, I mean at, at the end of the day that, that's ran. go on. Go on, mate, carry on. All, all we can do, that's all we can really do is get behind the team it's up to the team to really stand up to it and, and be counted for and, and if they can do that and we can survive then you can say it's a job well done and it's a success at the end of the day I mean like on this pod and on social media and that you know us as fans have grumblings but I've never seen at the grounds I've never seen any discontent towards the team they got clapped off last night you know uh, people will say that's happy clapping etc which is a fair point in my opinion also but at least the fans are staying behind the team. Is it going to do us any good if if fans turn on the team inside the ground? Probably not. So, let you know. Let's hope we can. As 
as I was going to say, let's not beat around the bus. We'll take 17th this season. Yeah, as, long as, as long as we stay in this league. We've had so many new players and then it gives us something to build on next year. That That's the aim for me. Finish 17th by hook or by crook. It doesn't matter whether it's on goal difference or a point. Just finish just finish 17th. We'll take that. Absolutely. And um, on that on that note, we'll, we'll finish it there. Thank you very much for joining us in the year 2022. Hope you have a lovely new year, whatever you're doing. Christian, me and you will be back, obviously, to talk to your Chelsea mate in the next couple of days. So we'll speak to you then. But anyway, from us four, we'll see you later. We'll see you at the Chelsea game. Come on, you Reds. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling... um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.